Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Hi guys, welcome back to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast where we chat all things remote work, freelancing, mindset, and financial freedom. This week, I'm very excited to welcome on my friend Noah Kagan, Chief Sumo and CEO of AppSumo, a platform that provides their partners with access to the hottest startups and tech companies with more access to affordable software solutions. Noah is also single-handedly credited with helping me recover my permanently banned TikTok account this summer. So if you follow me and you like my TikTok, you have this man actually to thank for it right now. He was also employee number 30 at Facebook. That's in your Instagram bio. I don't know if that's true or not. I just copied it from there. I'm going to think it through. So we'll go with that. It's on the internet. It's on the internet. Okay. And hosts his own exclusive newsletter through his Instagram account. Lastly, Noah is an accomplished YouTuber with a verified account of over 217,000 subscribers on YouTube. With that, hi, Noah. What an intro. Great to see you, Alex. <laughs> you know, if you put it on a bio, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw it in your Instagram bio and I was like, I'm going to guess this is true knowing you that you were employee number 30 at Facebook. So I'm going to throw it in the intro. I think that's kind of a cool idea just for anyone is that what's the bio people want to read about themselves? I don't know. You kind of inspired me. I was like, what's the bio today that I really want to be proud of? Right. And, I, you know, AppSumo.com I'm really proud of the YouTube work we do to help people and like, you know, fun business videos. And the Facebook one, it's just, it's a bigger name, but that's kind of, yeah. I think a bio thing I want to delete as we move forward. What, what's your bio? You know, I, I feel like what's tough about people like me and you is that it changes so often what we're currently prioritizing that I'll feel really bad for people. And they'll say to me, what do you want in your bio right now? Cause it changes so quickly for me. I don't know. I guess my bio would just say I'm the freelance fairy and I'm here to help people quit their nine to fives. <laughs> that would be it. That would be the bio. It's a great one. I think, it, you know, I think it works. But all right. So basically, ever since I met you in person, I tell everyone I meet in real life that you saved my life. And then they stare at me and they're like, what are you talking about? Are you like pull you out of a mm -hmm. river or something? And I know I've brought this up to you like a thousand times, but I honestly don't think I would have been able to recover my TikTok if I had not met you. I think it was fate. I'm glad that the, the, my greatest accomplishment in life is getting your TikTok back. <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, helping, you know, hunger, helping people get jobs. No. I was like, no, we need Alex online TikToking. Exactly. No, exactly. I'm glad. I mean, Let's keep talking. I, I think there's half a million people who are very happy that you did that. So guys, if you're listening, if you want to send them a gift basket again, like I really don't know what I would have done. I had exhausted all means at that point. I never ask people for anything. And something told me at that night, I was like, oh, this poor guy, I just went on his podcast. I'm already asking him for favors. Like I'm so annoying. And I just sat there. I was like, I'm just going to ask him. What is the worst that could happen? I'm just going to ask this guy. And, and I text you and you're like, yeah, sure, I can help. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, it was that easy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my content, it's about asking people, right? Like a lot of what yeah. I, you know, teach or, you know, what AppSumo 
I mean, it was asking awesome people who are making awesome tools, like, hey, do you want to be promoted? And like, do you have a special price we can do on AppSumo.com? I think the other side of that, which is interesting, is like, how are people meeting people? So for me, you know, we met, you seem like you're doing interesting things. I want to be around people doing interesting things. And so mm-hmm. a friend of mine that I've known for six, seven years is pretty high up at TikTok. But that, I knew him when he, before he was ever there. And so I, I think with, the, with people in general, it's like, how do you just be around or like in the areas of people doing interesting stuff? Because I'm guessing my, you know, my OnlyFans account, when it gets down or, you know, my Twitter, I'm going to call you up and be like, yo, uh, it's down. Do your thing. Wait, <laughs> That's you I can't say OnlyFans. Only that was like way too offensive. I do have an OnlyFans. I have four subscribers. I wait. I was like, don't even tell me you have an OnlyFans account. We have to talk about that right now. No, I have so four you, subscribers. Have, so you haven't monetized it? No, I was just saying that, like, what's interesting is when you surround yourself with interesting people, eventually the web, because it's so small, like it comes across each other. Yeah, I I mean, the circle gets smaller, really. I feel like the more you dive into something like being a content creator, being an entrepreneur, being a startup investor, whatever, I feel like the more you get into it over time at a certain by like 30, it's like just the same seven people. One thing I was thinking about today, and I'm curious your opinion, because you have, you know, with your audience and the people, you see people commenting on TikTok and comment on your videos and all these different things. Do you ever notice the winners? That was something I was thinking about today. It's like, do you ever notice the people that you're watching online or the people commenting or the people doing stuff? You're like, that girl or that guy's going to win. And then I was, I was reflecting yeah. on that today. Yeah, I, I do notice that on my lives win. and everything when I have people who will comment, I guess, instead of being like but help me but help me it'll be the people who will write and say thank you for that piece of information i'm gonna use this and i'm gonna apply it and i'm gonna do it today and they'll like say it as a statement and i'm like hell yeah you are and it and it's like you just know they're gonna go be successful there's just something interesting about that yeah i, I know we we're talking about being able to help each other but i think it's just like are you you know part of the people who are succeeding it's like they're kind of just in the same places as other people they're also just not they're persisting like I, I, someone made a joke about me yesterday. They're like, no, you're the only 40 year old YouTuber left. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck, man. Like, that's pretty. Oh. I'm 39, technically. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, I've been doing this for a very long time, relatively, you know, 20 years. And, I was going to uh, say, how just, long I, have you been making content on YouTube for? My first video is 2006, but I've only really, in, I would say, seriously invested two years. I've been online blogging and tweeting and all the different mediums over the years, uh, but YouTube about hardcore almost two years now. Wow. So if you got out in 2006, that was only what, one or two years after it was founded? Yeah. So it was actually pretty funny when I was at Facebook, the guys came to me and they pitched it. They're like, hey, we're going to do this YouTube thing. It's kind of big. It was Steven, Chad. And they were like, yeah, we're going to do it. And I, I met with them and I was like, that's cool. I think you guys are do well, but I think we're going to be bigger than you guys. Oh my! You know, God. obviously, they they went off to do pretty well. You're saying this like so casually, like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like they pitch YouTube to me, it's whatever. Well, the funny, even crazier <laughs> story is I I created a competitor to them a year before, called Fatcast, and <laughs> you just gotta keep at it. Ours, we we chose the wrong technology. We did it on torrent. They did it on like streaming, so you could do Flash. You didn't need to have mm-hmm. a browser, a client. You didn't need to download anything. You can just watch. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting. Like, eventually I found something that worked with AppSumo. They found something that worked pretty quickly right away. Yeah. 
Now, all right, let's say someone's listening to this. So you've been making content for 15 years or a little more even. What 20. would you say has been your bit and your number one reason you've been successful with it all this time? I think you had just said you were consistent. Is that what you would attribute it to? I think my success is a lot of different things. I mean, straight up, I'm very lucky. Like my parents are, I have two parents. I grew up in Silicon Valley. All my friends are rich. Like I grew up around a lot of just, I was lucky to be born in Silicon Valley. I think if I was born anywhere else, I, it would, it's possible, just harder. I think as a content, especially because, you know, your audience is a lot of freelancers. I think the best way to distinguish yourself as a freelancer is to put out content and have something to be known for. And so find the areas that you're interested in. I'm not, I haven't been a content creator because I was trying to like find something to talk about. I was just like, I love marketing. I love business. I love doing these things. And, that, and I, there's actually now ways to make money from it. So I think one, just find the areas that you, you're doing for free. Like lately I've been into drawing, just like doodles. I, I suck at it. I'm like really bad, but it's just kind of been fun. And so I think find the areas where you're like, okay, how can I pl play with this? And then find the things you're kind of like, I can do this for 10 years. The second yeah. thing that I would say has been substantial, if you're a freelancer, if you want to be an entrepreneur, which is a freelancer as well, real estate, which I know you do, it's just also, how do you either attract the right people around you or you go out and find the right people? Mm. So what do I mean by that? It's like Tim Ferriss, super famous guy. Everyone loves Tim. I was able to meet Tim in 2007 before his book came out. And I met Ramit and I met the YouTube guys. And so the question is, is Noah special? And like, I have some superpower finding people. Not really. But I just was trying to be in the places or in the categories like Web3 is big now. How do you put yourself in these places to either meet them or attract them through content creation is a great way to do it. Geographically yeah. is a great way to do it. Building things is a great way to do it. And so that is, you know, in terms of success monetarily, like just from a month, not even just from money, but like from a stimulation perspective, I would say, how do you meet more interesting people regularly? I think about that a lot for myself. And I, I feel like half the time it's just saying yes to things. It's just, you know, when someone asks you to come do something that makes you a little uncomfortable or someone you never met before asks you to do this live for them and you don't really want to, I feel like that's usually like the moment before you're almost going to meet someone that's going to be like added to your circle. You just have to push past that point and just say yes. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I was like, who are the people I said no to meeting that I, sh I could have met? I did have a funny one, actually, like six months ago or maybe seven months ago, this guy I was emailing and it was like, yeah, Descript. It's a pretty popular editing tool, Descript.com. I think it turns out he it. was the founder of Groupon. Mm. And I was like, yo, man, that's cool. You did Groupon. He's like, I emailed you a few years back when I was starting Groupon and you ignored me. I was like, oh, oh damn. No. <laughs> like I would have, so it's, it's, it's hard to know who to, to call on, especially as you get older and, and our lives are limited. But I think depending relative to your age, you know, you should either go join companies that have a lot of smart people like I was able to, uh, or as a content creator, figure out if there's like courses or someone like yourself that like seems like they've figured something out and figure out how to be around it. Yeah. Now, because a lot of people listening to this, they are very interested in people's kind of stories from working at a company to working for themselves. They like to know about like how, what did that look like? Was there... Was there like scary moments? Was there financial problems? Did you not know if you were going to be able to do it or not? So I guess take take everyone back to when you kind of went from working at companies to owning them in a way. Yeah, it's hard to go back. And I will tell you, so 
I'm worth millions of dollars, which I guess you can see that online. I'm still scared of money going all the way. Like I like last week, I was like, I'm going to have to apply for a job soon. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, you know, it doesn't it, it's just everyone's got their different. I think everyone has their own mental financial hangups based on their their childhood and their upbringing mm. and how their parents, you know, were uh, facilitated money, right? Their own money relationship. I, I think one of the things that I did it was an advantage, but it was also a, it was a disadvantage was that I was just really frugal for all of my twenties, my whole twenties. Mm -hmm. So like the first two years out of college, I lived in my mom's house, which now I guess it's like, well, it's a good thing. Everyone does this, but that was at yeah. a time where everyone got apartments. And like, then I lived in my aunt's basement for a year. And then I lived on friends' couches for a year. And then when I was around 30, I finally got my own place for $500 a month, which I was like, I can't believe I'm spending this much money. Which it sounds kind of silly, but in a, and only in the past few years have I really been like, maybe I should try to enjoy it before I, I get off this planet. And so I think that that was definitely one of the advantages, right? Because it, it yeah. reduced the amount of pressure that I had to have to have any of my businesses make a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? So that, that's part one. I call it cool, which is keep cost of living low. So whatever you can do to reduce your cost of living gives you freedom to work on things you're interested in and they don't have to make a lot of money for you to be able to do it. To become an owner of the business, I think there's a few other things I did. I found it was unintentional, but my, my day job at Intel sucked and I didn't have to do anything. And so it gave me a lot of time to do two things. One, I, was, I did a lot of networking. I guess, I'm going to do air quotes because I always feel like networking. I think when people think of networking, they think of like a LinkedIn message. Like, hey, I know we're connected now. Can I send you a yeah. Calendly link? <laughs> and then you're going to get on a call with me. And I'm like, does that work? Yeah. Is that yeah. actually like, I like go to my LinkedIn when I want to laugh at people when I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you actually do this. It's not yeah. that it's bad. LinkedIn has good moments, but I'm just like, people like put a little bit more effort in. So I put it, I did a lot of networking. I was blogging all the time. There wasn't Twitter or YouTube at the time, but I was blogging a lot. I put on lunches, I put on conferences, mm. I put on events and I didn't have any experience in it. Most of the greatest innovations come from people who are not experts. And people who don't mm -hmm. know that like, oh, I can't, I can put on a conference. I could buy an Airbnb. I could start a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me a huge advantage. I met a lot of my network through the, that, the content creation, through blogging, through events. So that was one. Now, in terms of actually finally making business and money with that, I think there's two pieces. One, I think you got to find categories that you're interested in and that are exploding. And I have been very lucky to be a part of some of the biggest tidal waves in tech. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was a part of social networking. I didn't have to be even very good. I was just there and it did well. I was a part of personal finance mint. I was a part of Facebook games. I was the top Facebook game developer. I was a part of payments for games. I was part of the Groupon kind of revolution. I was part of SaaS. And so I think if you just find these industries, so like I'd say today there's two gigantic ones, content creation, mm -hmm. which there's still a lot of meat on that bone and web three with the whole crypto stuff. So how it actually looks for the person, you don't even have to be the one creating it. You could just be the one talking about it. Like if you look at content creators yeah. like Graham Stephan or Frank, finance guy, I don't know what his name is. They don't, what do they know about stocks and shit? They don't know nothing. But they're just talking about it all the time, right? And you do it for enough years and you seem like you're relatively intelligent about it and people listen to it. So you don't have to be the creator. So I, I think that that's a key piece of it. And then ultimately I, I was just, I kept trying. I like kept going on this stuff. So a lot of my businesses did not work. And if you're a freelancer, freelancing is awesome. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have, there's not, you literally can meet all these different people. You can try all these different things out. And then you could finally dial into the areas that you're like, can I just spend my whole day making YouTube videos or doing editing or doing like we have a, just for example, at our YouTube channel, 
We have an editor. I don't know if he wants his name public. He works at Coinbase. He's a multi, multi-millionaire, super rich. Mm-hmm. And he freelances doing video editing for us. And I was like, dude, aren't you rich? He's like, yeah, but I love video editing. And it's like, huh. Yeah. And I think the idea that I try to encourage myself to think about and everyone else out there is like the money and all that stuff is kind of separate and it find the thing you just enjoy doing. And then I, I honestly think the money stuff kind of comes really easily after that. When I've put the money first and I've been like, I got to get this money and I got to go out to, I don't know. It's always kind of been short-sighted and it's gone away faster. I say that to everyone constantly. I always say, don't chase the dollar, chase your passions, like corny saying for it. But I really feel like money is just like a form of energy in the world that circulates around the planet, around groups, communities. And I think it can be attracted to you based on what energy you are putting out towards it. So I always say to people, if you're going to start freelancing, if you're going to quit your job and you get a new slate, you finally get a chance to do what you actually want to do with your life right now, go do what you want to do with it. And I promise you the money will follow because that's the whole point of freelancers. People are hiring you on a perceived notion that you're an expert at something, right? Like they don't want an employee. They want you because you freelance write for newspapers. They, they want you for that. So that might be so niche to you, but the money's going to come because you had like the courage to follow what you want to do. There's never literally in my, I'm, I'm 39 years alive. You know, 20 of them have been working. There's never a better time to make money or do freelance work all over the world. Like there's yeah. unlimited sites to pay you yeah. and to have customers begging. Like right now as, a, as an owner of a business, like we are desperate for talent. So if you have any talent or if you don't have talent, just go find, go taste the rainbow and find the talent of the areas you want to work in. And you can yeah. do it anywhere in the world. Like, I, I don't know a lot of, we have one of our best developers in the world is in Adelaide, Australia. Like, mm. That's so cool. Yeah, Damien, he's down in Australia. I don't know, it's just, it's, it's an amazing time. Like, there's no reason that anyone who wants to do anything just can't get it started. It's just like, you have to get off your tuchus and just do something today. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's like one of these old guys. That word made me laugh. Yeah, no, I, I scream about this to everyone. I'm like, you guys, it's never been easier. Just open the laptop, open the phone and just click, just click, just type your name in places like just do something because I don't know if it will always be this easy, right? Like things change, you know, often in the world of tech and everything. So right now it's easy. Is it going to be easy in five years? I can't say. Are we all going to be plugged into the metaverse? May- you know, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a friend pitch me today. He's like, what if we did a YouTube and the audience gets to share in the revenue? Sounds cool, man. Go for it. Like, hey, yeah. I've had this idea. I want to be a freelancer. I want to do PR. Like, I met this guy. He does press releases. And mm-hmm. he's on Fiverr making, doing a bunch of press releases. I was like, dude, awesome. Yep. Uh, there's just, like, so much cool things to be doing out here that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm reminding myself that, like, just go find it. Or if you don't see it out there, create it for yourself. Absolutely. Now, as someone who used to work at Facebook, what do you think of the metaverse? You know, I was really involved in social networking and I was, you know, super into it and all these things. I think what's powerful about it that I think people are missing is that this person is choosing a vision, like a really big vision. And I remember when I joined, Mark was like, yo, we're going to literally take over the fucking world. You know how inspiring that is? (laughs) Like, yeah. imagine you go to work and they're like, Alex, uh, Alex, today we're going to help every single person have a chance to have a job. And that's what freelancing is going to do. And we are the people to do that. You're like, yeah. And yeah. so I do think with the metaverse, there's, I think it's missing a little bit of the why. Like, does everyone really want to be in a metaverse? 
some people probably, right? Like you can have sex with better looking people. You can like be anywhere in the world. You could be at art exhibits. You can do amazing <laughs> things. I don't know if people care about that just yet, but I think the fact that he's at least putting something out there that's bigger than anyone individually is a smart move. Plus it's kind of distract. It's taking away from all the, I think, negative brand association. I think if you ask mm -hmm. people like anyone listening, not anyone for everyone listening, all the millions of people, most people are like, yo, fuck Facebook. Yeah. At least the people I talk to that are the people I ask. And so it's interesting that they're, they're, they're shifting that narrative a bit. Yeah, no, and I think they have to because I think they're losing they're losing the battle to TikTok right now in a lot of ways. So I think they have to pivot and position themselves as something completely different from just social networking. I feel like some, I, I know so many people who are deleting their Facebooks and I'm personally I'm bored with Instagram. Instagram has bored me for the last year and a half now. Like I do not use it as much as I use TikTok. What, let, let's like talk future just it's your show but I, and i'm gonna just i gotta ask where do you think what do you think it'll be in five years if you had to put bets on these different stuff which like which do you app? think youtube like just all this stuff you know like is tiktok gonna be around because tiktok didn't exist 10 years ago this is the kind of the shit that people are like what's your five-year plan i'm like you know the iphone was around 2007 like yeah. some of this shit is gonna we're gonna have some new inventions so i guess i'm wondering i was just trying to think i'm like is tiktok still gonna be as significant if not bigger or smaller in five years is it going to, and you know, I was thinking like YouTube, all these different things, or is it something we can't even think of? You know, I think, I think anything that facilitates online education is absolutely going to be around five years from now, because I think that is going to be the primary way people are being educated. I don't think many people are going to start going to college anymore. So I think like a YouTube, which is fundamentally like a learning and educating type of social media app i don't think we'll be going anywhere i think it'll be right where it is five years from now tiktok it's interesting is tiktok has a lot of educating that goes on on it but i do see it would be pretty easy to replicate that app i've already seen a bunch of new copycat versions of it with like more ar components you know put into it hmm. that have all the same music all the same video editing features so i feel like the concept of tiktok will be around five years from now but i don't know if tiktok itself will be if that makes sense yeah i was just trying to think like i, I intentionally don't use it because i don't want to get sucked in to the metaverse <laughs> of oh, addicting I'm content I'm <laughs> I know. I guess. What do you like to do when you're bored? Because I think that's what TikTok seems it, it serves up. But it also probably has. I feel like it does have valuable, interesting things that people benefit from. I am addicted to it. I love learning. I and I have been tipped off to so many like invaluable business tips from TikToks. I follow like 600 other business people in their own niches. A lot of them doing things I don't know anything about. Follow a lot of homestead people, farming people, all these things that I want to learn. Oh, that's cool. So I love going on it because I learn every time. And, and that's why I love it so much more than Instagram. I don't feel like I learn on Instagram. I just see someone's like ass in a bikini on a boat. And I'm like, that looks cool. Like, good for them. Go, you know, live it up and stuff. But I'm not learning anything. Have you noticed a difference between YouTube shorts and TikTok for you? I mean, my TikToks do a lot better than my YouTube shorts. Although I did have one YouTube short go kind of viral. And the only, my only beef with YouTube is it's predominantly men on there. Where there's no problem with that. But they are like the meanest to me typically under my social media videos. So the comments I get on my YouTube shorts are like the meanest ever compared to TikToks. It's all these guys that are just so pissed at me. And they're just very angry. I don't know why. They're very angry though. <laughs> 
I don't even. You're like, I'm not going to touch this one. <laughs> yeah, I already said the OnlyFans thing. I'm still regretting from earlier. Don't worry about it. You're, you're fine. No, I'm not you're fine. What is, people always ask me this when I come up with TikTok content. What is, how do you come up with a new business idea? Like, what does that look like for you? Do you have like a little, is it like exercising? Is it like sleeping outside on the ground? Like, what is it? Yeah, cold shower. Took a cold shower. I'm like, yeah. we were talking about productivity today and I was like, I, I met, I had dinner with Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel like uses an old ass phone. The dude dresses in old ass clothes. And I think sometimes people get so enamored with uh, the tools and tricks when it's really about the thinking, mm-hmm. right? Like people are really fascinated with productivity and I'm like, how come you're, if you're so productive, how come you're not doing something more interesting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess it's a little subjective based on what people define interesting. Let me, let me take a step back. I, I'll share, let me just share what we do. What I'm going to share is how we do it for content. I think that'll be kind of a little bit more interesting. So you have to work backwards, right? Like if you want to build a business or if you want to build a content like creation company and you want to be a, a creator, I think there's, there's two different ways of looking at it. So specifically, on, let's say content creation. You have to work backwards from like, what's my customer? So the viewer on YouTube or TikTok and kind of like what's popular or what would, what would my customer desire? It's the same thing in a business. Someone's paying you in a platform. They're, they're viewing you. So mm-hmm. to give context, we put out now one to two videos a week on YouTube. We spend anywhere, I don't know, cumulatively, maybe like 10 to 15 hours just on one idea. And we're not even that popular. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we literally go through, I'm, I'm pulling up last week's list. We go through probably like hundreds. So it's kind of like a TV show. So we do, uh, and I'll take a step back on it, but I just think the thing that people need to be mindful of is if you're a content creator, a lot of people like put out a bunch of videos and I'm like, you're not creating anything anyone wants to watch. And so we're spending just like a tremendous amount of time like we have a video coming out this weekend. It's like we're asking NFT experts how they can invest their first thousand dollars and then we're going to do it and give it away. And it's like mm-hmm. there's a high likelihood that's going to do really well, given what's popular right now. Mm-hmm. And that's but that's like one of literally like hundreds of ideas we've gone through to finally get to one. Now, taking a step back on that, I, I was just trying to put an emphasis that if you're doing a business or you're doing content, just put more time into what you're actually really trying to serve. I think the two things I would, I would try to take a step back and give people ways to think about is what's a framework for making consistent decisions. So for content, you're putting out content all the time, like you are, like I am, you know, for, we have a framework, which is just like, is this a video that a non-subscriber must click on immediately? So we have this score, we created a scoring sheet. And so we put all these videos and every single thing through our scoring sheet, which is just like, what's the potential of it? How easy is it for us to do? Do we have a thumbnail around it? And we score all these different attributes and it kind of just makes it a little bit more consistent that when we're putting out videos, we're like, okay, this is going to bang because it's the same amount of work to make a video and you want a higher return for it. Now on the business side, if you're just trying to straight, make straight money, I get, I, I think the way that I've really always approached it and we put out, I put out I don't know, like t- tons of videos it's not, and just putting that out. But I think there's two things I'd recommend for people, which is number one, what is the quickest way to get a customer? So if you're starting a business, let's say you're starting an ad, like, give me, make up, a, let's make up a business now. Like a like freelance a freelancing business, like. agency or something. Okay. Freelancing agency. So the, let's see if I can sell you something. Like what, what's important to you nowadays or what do you, you do TikTok? What else do you do? Oh my God. Like so many things, but I have a copywriting agency. And is, is, where do you make the majority of your money? My eBooks, online courses and the copywriting agency all split. Is it all the third? 
No, the, the copywriting agency, and I group the eBooks with the courses. So it's 50-50, actually. From the agency to the courses? Yes. What's the top spend you have for freelancers right now for yourself? That I'm spending on the freelancers running the business? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I I don't I haven't disclosed that yet to my to the people. I don't need to know the number but like is it like people writing is it people doing your marketing is it people doing it the people doing the writing and probably my video editor okay and so I guess two things I'm thinking about for you specifically is that is there anything freelancing I could do immediately for you today that you would be like I would pay for that right now no, I guess probably because I have my eight to 10 people that I kind of have doing everything. Okay. At the moment. Okay. And then you have someone, so you have someone running ads for you? No, we don't do any ads. I do have someone doing oh, email marketing. For your email marketing, you're paying them and then do they like have flows already set up? Are they sending one email a week? Like what do they actually do? So he goes out, he gets the whole list of leads already, has me approve that. I give him, you know, sample businesses. He gets them, I approve them. And then he does a series of six emails plugged into my Calendly, which my assistant Bree will take. So he'll send out those emails over the course of two weeks or so. And we'll have multiple going at a time based on the different type of client we're targeting. So I'm going to try to work as a freelancer for you. Just let me give you three examples. So number one, how valuable is it for you if I can get you to 100,000 YouTube subscribers? Probably quite valuable since I haven't figured out how to do it yet because I hate video equipment. Okay. So it sounds like if that's some, and then why is that, so this, why is that valuable to you? Because why I hate that, video like, what would that do? <laughs> well, no, but like for oh, YouTube, oh. if you were to get to a hundred thousand subscribers, like what would that do for your business? I mean, the YouTube monetization on that would probably be pretty nice. So it, it would probably be at a point where it would be paying back all the people who are helping me make the YouTubes in the first place. So it would at least be breaking even. But I mean, I have a lot of brands approach me for influencing across my channels. So if I had that one up to 100K, I'd be able to raise my packages like across the board. Okay. So I don't want to spend the whole time doing this, but basically what the way I was doing it right here is I'm trying to see where you make your money so I can either help you make more of it, right? Because if you can oh. be close to the money, then I can get it. Like you have money, people want to get it. And so I have to figure out where you get it from to be able to help you. So it sounds like from your courses, or your agency. The second thing is that you have to find the things that are actually valuable. Because a lot of times people want to do freelancing. They're like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about it. Like I get emails literally like all the time. Like, hey, can I make a trailer for you? Why? Hey, I'm going to help you with TikTok. I literally don't do any TikTok. Well, you yeah. could do it. It's like, well, I'm not. Well, then yeah. you're, you're like, and I get it. It could convince me. But what's easier is to convince Like, how do you enhance the behavior I'm already doing? So the two things I would, I, and then third is, where do I have some expertise or understanding in that you don't? You have a lot of understanding in freelancing and Fiverr and all that stuff. You'll kick my fucking ass. But you two, at this point, for the amount of money and time that I've invested in it, like I can get you to your 100,000 subscribers because I know how to do it. And so then it's just seeing if that's valuable for someone. The second thing, mm -hmm. so one would be YouTube or secondly, it'd be email marketing, which I don't know, our company does I don't know, somewhere around $50 million a year just from email marketing. So if I could go to you and try to pitch that as like, hey, I know you're doing email marketing. It seems like I'm guessing you probably don't do these three things. Here's why, here's how it would make you this much money. That seems like something as a freelancer I might be able to do for you. Yeah, that, that would be, yes, yeah, something I would probably hire you for. Well, yeah, I pitched the ads thing as well. It's a little harder because you're not doing anything with ads, but like same with App, mm -hmm. AppSumo, I don't know, we spend like a million dollars a month on ads. And yeah. so it's like, hey, I understand something. You're not doing it. If you did it, it'd probably be able to make you 100K a month or something like that. 
yeah, I stay away from ads because I don't know too, too much about running them successfully. So I've circumvented them by getting my own leads from social media instead. <laughs> I think that's excellent. I mean, one approach with freelancing or, or business in general is like, how do you make it so, so no brainer that you would say yes? So like, for example, what if I paid for the ads? What if I actually spent the money for those ads and you got to approve all the ads? So it wasn't anything that you weren't on brand. And then we just split the profit then you would be in business probably. <laughs> well, there's ways, there's always some ways, right? I, I think people don't find things that are really valuable enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking that all in right now. Well, I think if you're just getting going and freelancing, like go on Fiverr and Upwork and just kind of get going, I think it's good to practice, right? Think of it as reps. But then really the big money comes when you find something differentiated. And you could be closer to the money, right? Like when you're like a commodity and you're just some image on Fiverr, I think it's great, but I think that's hard to really scale. Just, you is. can, it's totally scalable. You can scale freelancing. I think that's a misnomer and I'm, I'm sure you talked about it, but it's like, how do you get to the points where it's like invaluable and then really you can charge whatever rates you want? Yeah, I mean, there, there's always been a little bit of a challenge in the scaling department with all of it. But I think what I tell people is if you use your freelancing business and platform to create an almost media character of yourself. That's what I think could really be more scalable than just having the agency. Or that's what I'm attempting to do anyway. We'll see if it proves to be successful in the end. What is your favorite book that you're reading right now? What am I reading now? I'm reading two good books. Well, this book has been interesting. It's called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. I like trying to read books that not everybody else is reading. I feel like if you read the books that everyone else is reading, you, you like compete equally. So... I like that. I also like reading books that I'm just, honestly, sometimes these business books all fucking sound the same. It's like, find a customer, or do what they want, listen to them. So I'm reading this one book called Free Country. And it's about this guy, these two guys in, in UK that they started in their underwear in the south of the country. And they wanted to see if they could, for free, get to the top of the country on bicycles within three weeks. And so it's their adventure, like going to people and going to stores and going to barns and going to pubs and being like, hey, bloke, we don't have any money. Can we, I have a t-shirt or can we, and then the other thing I like, well, because a lot of my content on YouTube lately has been more like that, which is like real life business adventures and it's uncomfortable, but it's interesting. And yeah. the, the, one of the things they do in the book that I really like is they, they don't just say, give me free, free stuff. They're like, can we clean up your garbage? Can we wash your dishes? Can we put things away? It wasn't just like handouts, but it's also, there's, you know, a lot of nice generosity and I find it very inspiring. Mm. I'm kind of the same way. I have a book I'm really excited coming tomorrow called How to Not Die. Oh, I just bought that. Wait, really? Dude, let me show you. Here, keep, go on. I'm curious why you, so you're single. Wait, you just bought that? I'm showing. I'm literally, hold on, look. I bought it two days ago. How did you, what did, how did you hear about two days ago? YouTube, because I've been watching a bunch of YouTube videos because I'm trying to like self heal just very weird like health problems I've been having this year. And I just like am not a, the biggest fan of Western medicine. So I go on YouTube and I just like listen to these like yoga health teachers and just to learn about like how to heal and everything. And one of them was like, you should read this book. They were promoting it. They're like, how to not die. And I'm like, that's a really clever, funny title. So I'm going to go read more about this book had great reviews and stuff and I, I was like this guy sounds like he has a sense of humor i'm gonna buy it 
I think we might have two separate books. There's one book called How Not to Die, which is all about health. This one's also about being single. It's called How to Not Die Alone. I think oh, no. Have. Mine's the health one. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know if you're, we're on the same book. No, no, no. Mine's the health one. That's, oh, my God. That's hysterical. I couldn't They're really see great, your picture. Though. I'm excited. I'm excited. What are you trying to cure? I'm just... I don't know what is the matter, but something, something just, it, it's like, I've just been having chronic, like, food intolerances out of nowhere, like asthma when I never used to have asthma, shortness of breath, like stomach pains, like just like all this crap that just keeps cycling. And it's been very frustrating. And I don't know, I this book that people are like, read this book, you'll learn how to heal whatever the hell's the matter. So I was like, all right, I'm going to read this book. Oh, that's well, I hope it, it helps heal. Yeah, I don't know what it, it like all started in May and it's just been a very weird health year for me. It's been very annoying. I don't know what what the hell is wrong. <laughs> but I mean, I believe that our bodies want to be in homeostasis more than anything. So I think if your body's out of homeostasis, there's I'm just convinced there's something like very obvious that I'm missing here. That I'm hoping basically that this book, it's like there's a, the light bulb where I'm like, that's what this is. I hope so too. It's kind of crazy I'm... how much we don't appreciate it. And you hear it. We all hear it. Like your body, your temple. And then you're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to put in this chocolate bar. And then the days that you're having a little bit of this off in the stasis, you know, it's like, oh shit. Kind of need it. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy today how much we expect of ourselves, yet how little care we are taking of our bodies at the same time. We're like, hey, I'm supposed to go do 5,000 things and make all this money and be successful and do all this stuff, but I'm going to eat garbage all day and try and do it at the same time. And it's just like, how? How are we? How is this sustainable? That's a great question. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I don't I know. know. I try, I'm trying, like, I bought one of the, this, you seen this thing, like glucose yeah. tracker thing? Yeah, it is interesting. I've been trying that out the past few days. It's like, oh, when I eat, I ate a bunch of sweet potatoes for lunch. And it, then I was like, after lunch, I was like, I'm tired. And then I looked at the score. It's like, yeah, your sugar went crazy. That's so yeah, I feel like I don't know if I'd even want that on because I feel like you almost end up checking it too much. Right. And then you become like paranoid about what you're eating. I, it, you know, it's kind of fascinating with a lot of these things in life. Let's check it out here. I'll do it with you. It's called Levels Health is the company that does it. But I think what's fascinating about it, though, is that is it better not to know or is it better to understand? I know. So I'm actually I'm in the zone. There's like a zone good? you're supposed to be. Your body's in this whatever stasis. It's like it's not too much sugar, not too little. OK, I think that's the I think that's the question forever with health stuff. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that. Is it better to know or not to know? I just know our food today, especially in this country, is definitely slowly killing everyone. So I, I think. We have no choice but to know now, because I think our bodies are actually under attack, like from the food and the toxins and the products we're putting on it. There's definitely some weird shit going down. I just think it's been fascinating to, you know, there's so many things are quantified now, like your sugar is quantified, your sleep is quantified, and you can track mm -hmm. every single minute of your work quantified. And I think at times it's just like, can I just live a little bit? But I will, I do think there's a lot of times like understanding this information influences our choices in a positive way. Like maybe noticing that, oh shit, like I shouldn't eat a box of grapes for lunch, which I did today. Maybe just half a box. It's probably better than if you had like four Reese's peanut butter cups. I had one for lunch too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was like a healthy one. It's like this healthy version of it. Okay. Got it. Got it.
All right, as we wrap this up, what is one thing about you that nobody, what's, what's something people don't know about you? Based on all your digital footprint the last 20 years, all the stuff people could go find out about you online, what can't they go find out? Probably about my insecurities. Oh, we're I think a lot of that. I mean, what, oh, my bank yeah, account? No, they, can't find, they could probably find my bank account. They just go to Bank of America. <laughs> I don't. I fucking hate Bank of America. Me too. I... I fucking hate Bank of America. They're like, literally like such garbage. I hate them. Yeah, probably just different insecurities around different things. And it, it, it's not all the time, right? Like, I think it's, it's interesting human. I definitely know people like, you're so you're successful or you're like, you're so perseverant. And there's a lot of times I'm like, oh, I really want to give up today. And there's a lot of times I'm like, am I going to be alone or other, you know, and the voices aren't always there. There's mm -hmm. some days where, yeah, some days it's there, some days it's not. I think that's very human. And yeah, that, that's, it's, I, I think people think at different levels or as, as you get older, you understand it a little better, hopefully. But yeah, it's, it, you know, that stuff is one, I think it's helped, it's helped me become successful in, in our world and our society, but that stuff also still lingers. Yeah. I mean, that was deep. That was, I mean, I, I feel like the first step with all of it is just having an awareness of it to begin with. And if you're aware of it, then you're good. It, it was just interesting. Yeah, it was like an, in therapy on Wednesday. And it was just, I think I, fight, I, I get a little restless with the, with the mundane or when like we're through routines. And so it's also trying to experience different ways of living, like go through a lot of mundane stuff and like the same weeks and then also mix it up a bit. I, I think mm -hmm. we talked about in the beginning, it's just also noticing and listening to yourself. Like as you're going through mm -hmm. the weeks, you're like, I need to be in Austin, but is it like, is it really Austin or is it just, you don't like something that's actually going on in Florida or is there another place that's actually calling and I think more just dial into that shit creates, you know, makes you very powerful. I agree. I agree. So what is next for you? What's, what's on deck for 2022? What's, what's happening? What is going down? You know, I think sometimes with goal setting, I'll tell you the past, I, I've goal set it and I have all my productivity systems, all this crap that works for me. And I think a lot of times with goal setting, people go straight and then they're like, all right, well now I need to choose new goals. And in the past two years, a lot of what I've worked on goal setting wise is how do you continue the goals that, that are already working for you? And so yeah. I'm continuing a lot of the things that have already worked in this year. So as much as I don't like the mundane, I'm like, well, it's also working. So it's continuing evolving AppSumo, you know, helping more people promote software tools, people, freelancers, buying tools, continuing our YouTube channel. I think our YouTube channel, what's next is doing more live stuff. So we're going to do, I did this thing where I knocked on people's doors and asked him how they made money. That was fucking weird, but it did, it went yeah, viral. Yeah, people love that. It, well, you know, I will tell you though, the ones who, the ones you see on TikTok are, are lies, 100%. Like I did it to strangers' houses and it's fucking, no one tells you shit. Yeah, and it's yeah, tough. Yeah. The ones that yeah. are there are like, hey, Jim. So I would say just doing more live stuff. I've noticed that the audio, it's harder, but the reaction's bigger. And I, I do, I don't say I, I don't get a lot of joy out of it, it's like a workout. I enjoy doing it, but afterwards I'm like, oh, that was good. And then I, you know, I have my own personal stuff I'm interested in. I try to create basically the way I, I do my stuff to look forward to is I create categories of what I want to do in the year. So I have a few travel plans. I want to fly. So I got, I got a license. So I'm basically just planning different uh, things I want to go hit up. You want to go fly an airplane? I got my pilot's license, so there's just different things. So let me pull back one, here, one sec. So I what I recommend for like other- I you want to fly somewhere, not that you're going to be no, like- No, no, I got a pilot's license, plane. so it's- Okay. Yeah, so I got a pilot's license and I'm buying a plane with a friend. 
And what I do is that I have, I just pulled it up. I have a list of all the things I'm thinking of doing for next year. And then as it gets closer to December, I just really am like, if you can only do three things in each of the categories, like work, workout, personal, travel, and living, like what do you really want? And really just being very intentional about that. And so this year I set the things I wanted to do. Obviously COVID tears, it adjusted a bit, but pretty much did everything I said I was doing, I would do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's, I hate flying, so I am in awe of anyone who can fly an airplane. I think it's cool because I couldn't do it. So, What are you afraid of? I think it's more a manifestation of other things that have happened in my life than it is the actual flying. Because I guess it's quite common that people like manifest like different trauma, whatever, in their life. They'll flip out while they're flying, even though like they know that an airplane is very safe. I think that's what it is. It's like a becomes like a vessel of my worry and whatever when I actually know that the airplane is going to land. Commercial, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to try to convince, you know, people, you know, one thing I'd give, if I could leave everyone with one thing, it's like, when someone tells something, don't fucking try to fix their shit. Like, oh, I heard Alex. A yeah. lot of people are like, no, here's what you got to do. You got to eat a banana and two yeah, oranges yeah, yeah. before you get on the plane. And that'll make you feel, it's like, shut the fuck up. Just let them yeah. have their moment. If they ask for help, help them. <laughs> That's that's good. People just want to be heard. If you would like to fly when you're in Austin and I'm around, oh, we could go in one of these little. Oh, that God. shit's fucking. Well, I was scared of flying, and so this is a way to. That was for me a way that I it made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Hey, you never know. I think I would have to have like a bottle of wine first to to do that, or otherwise I'd be crying. All right, you. I time. I wouldn't. I would not have the wine though. That. Okay. Just you, because if I have the wine and then I'm flying, it's not a good good idea. No, no, you shouldn't have the wine. No. <laughs> when we right, land, no, when we land, we'll go to the Airbnb with all your people. Okay, there we go. Perfect. Where can people find you online and do business with you? What what's where do you want to drive the traffic? <laughs> no, it's so funny when you said where can people find me. I was like, where the fuck they gonna find me and give them my address? Um, hey, maybe. No. Uh, <laughs> AppSumo.com, if they're looking to for any tools or if they want to sell tools, if you're a lot of freelancers are selling products on AppSumo.com, marketplace for entrepreneurs. So AppSumo.com okay. for me personally on YouTube, no Kagan, if they're interested, this podcast, I have a podcast that similar stuff, basically helping underdogs. My content is not as much about freelancing. I've had a lot of success with like SaaS software, e-commerce, content creation. Then I do have a newsletter at sendfox.com slash Noah. Okay. There you have it, everyone listening. I mean, we I, we I feel like we covered everything from deepest, darkest fears and insecurities to <laughs> how to grow a business. I feel like that's a lot to digest. So I will leave everyone be with that. But Noah, thank you so, so much for coming on. <laughs> it's good to see you.